Hi guys, just want to welcome you to another fantastic episode of Stuck in My Head with Chris King. I'm here with Maggie King. Maggie, say hello. Hello. <laughs> with an up, upward, upward inflection. Hello. Well, I was trying. I was trying to emulate, you know, what hello. you offered up. It didn't quite land. Yeah, I guess the the truth would be in the feedback we receive. You know. I guess. So, yeah, I'll wait to hear. Hey, you are you are talking to me from the great state of Florida. Why are you in Florida at the, on this this week? Yes. Um, so this wasn't always the plan, but uh, Ryan and I are known for, I don't know, thinking that something would be fun or cool and then doing it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> last last week, um, Ryan matched into residency um, on Friday, which was a big big deal, really big day. And we found out that he matched in Tulsa. So we found out we're moving to Tulsa, which I'm thrilled about. I'm super excited for. Um, so are we. That's too. awesome. Yeah. Um, and then my birthday was Monday. And so you're we kind of talking about um, a couple of weeks ago, oh, my birthday's coming up. What should we do? And it's right after match. And Ryan was like, should we go to Florida? And I said, oh, haha. But should we? Pshaw. And then we did. So we're we're here now. Excellent. And you've been hanging out on Cold Beach. Yes, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> the dream. Well, well, no, that's awesome. I mean, like your life is quite good. I mean, like in about six weeks, you're going to be married. And I have mm-hmm. the privilege of, in case people don't know, I get the privilege of, of doing the ceremony. And I got to be honest with you. I know that you want it to all be perfect. Um, but truthfully, the setup of, of, of me escorting my wife first down the aisle, who is your matron of honor and waiting for you to come down after all of your people have come down with your two brothers escorting you down the lane, (laughs) like down the middle. I just... Uh I gotta be honest, some of some of the rest of it might be a little blurry. Just that I know. <laughs> thing is an outstanding idea and it's gonna be etched in our memories in a Thank really you. fantastical way, you know? Yeah, I that's the hope. And it's meaningful to me too. I'll watch it all from a window <laughs> above. <laughs> yeah. Until I arrive, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, I, but I it's it's just gonna be a really awesome thing and and more so than just the wedding, which will be a beautiful ceremony that we're so excited yeah. to be doing. And it's just going to be great, you know, but like you guys are a great match and you've done things well and you've done things right. And it's not perfect, but it's really good. And I'm so I'm thrilled, you know, and I, I mean, I could say that to you in private, but I, there are people that listen to us and like kind of follow along with our like uh, just talking about life. Like, uh, yeah, like I want people to know how how proud i am of you guys it's it's a great thing it's a it's a real source of pride for a dad you know what i mean yeah 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 so speaking of that sure i mean a a huge moment in women's lives is the is the idea or the event of of marriage and wedding and and it, it got me to thinking as we were talking about doing guests and things like that uh you and i are are super, super hardcore shaped by strong women. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you think of the strong woman in your life, Kristen King, 
I mean, a mm-hmm. few things come to mind, right? Like just all kinds of things about her and her, her strength and her tenacity and resolve and compassion and like her not quitting this. I mean, right. Yeah. And then you are named after my mom who, who passed a year before you were born and she raised me on her own, um, you know, up till I was probably about 12 and, and, <laughs> and so like I'm in my therapy work, I'm totally informed by that female influence, um, for my formative years, which I think gave, gives me a real leg up in doing that work. I mean, like I, you know, I'm all guy and I love cutting wood and football, but I really love talking about emotions and, yeah. and kind of the, the, the more, uh, the, the female side of things kind of like, it, it's interesting to me as well. And well, that, so makes, these women, that makes Chris King, Chris King, you know, that little balance. More. That's, that's, well, that's, you know, everyone who's worked with you or spent, I think any significant amount of time with you would say that maybe since they've known you, maybe not forever, but since they've, been in relationship with you that you kind of you do that balance really well of having an emotional openness but also Mm -hmm. i'm gonna ride my four-wheeler you know (laughs) (laughs) you know so it makes you fun it makes you fun (laughs) (laughs) well well, i will say this i mean our moms impact us more than we can really ever know or admit and it becomes so clear when we start raising families of our own and Mm -hmm. They, they, and whenever we're raised by a strong woman and whenever we get a chance to raise strong women. And also for those of, you, of, of us and those of you that are out there listening, like maybe you're like, you know, I, I, I want to do that maybe a little better or, I, or maybe I want to, to look at, at my own mom and appreciate her or, or the women in my life. And, and uh, so, so that's what this episode is about. Um, mm-hmm. And I, uh, I, I thought back to my past, and I have an old friend from God's country, Adair, Oklahoma, uh, who grew up in a, a home full of girls. A.J. Griffin um, was the oldest of, uh, or is the oldest of three. And um, in our little school, like she was involved in leadership and thought of her because now she's raising um, girls. Mm. And I, I I guess my question when we think about the podcast and about what our interview and what our conversation is going to be about with Allison and, and AJ, I mean, you know, what, is a, what does it look like for a girl to get, get, that gets raised in a small town in a house full of other girls? Um, how does that impact her life growing up in leadership? Helping large groups of people like move and do amazing things and that moves on to the highest level of state government uh, in the Oklahoma State Senate. And then to uh, to a role in in pretty big business where she's working with folks in every state and union and internationally. And what does she have to, to tell us about what it was like growing up? What did she learn? How did that impact her leadership? And how is that impacting her raising her own girls? I think she's got something to share that really matters. So today we're going to be talking to AJ Griffin. I'm so excited to hear from her and Allison and I are going to be in on a two-parter, which is a great conversation. My name is Chris King. I'm a licensed therapist. And today, I'm stuck in my head. Okay, let's go. Let's do it.
Okay, hey uh, guys, uh, Chris King here, getting ready for our recording. We're well, not getting ready, we're doing it. Uh, Allison, hello, welcome. Hey, hey there. Uh, glad you made it on time. That was uh, last time there was some controversy uh, regarding your timeliness, and I had nothing to do with it, apparently. Right. Well, depending on who you talk to, there's always controversy around my timeliness. So that's not. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, when I, you know, this it's like, <laughs> that's what Brandy said last week. She's like, it's just super normal for when you're working to say that we're meeting at nine and then tell someone else that it's at 10. So 9.30 was what we did. And anyway, anyway. <laughs> that being said, <laughs> that being said, uh, I'm super glad you're here. And uh, this has been going great. And I really enjoy having you around for our conversations with different people that are Hopefully, they're really interesting to me, and I hope uh, so to you too. And then can like really, I, I think that the things that a lot of our friends and people that we're talking to on this have something to say mm-hmm. to not only our client base, but just like just people, you know. And um, so, yeah, for sure. Glad you're it's here. been a glad, ton of fun. Yeah, glad you're here for this. Thank Good. you. Yeah, I, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Okay, today uh, our our guest is AJ Griffin, and AJ uh, is. Uh, 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 an old friend of mine that we go way back. We have tons of history. And, but the thing that, the reason that I wanted to bring AJ on, and I'll let AJ talk about her, her career and her credentials and some of the things that she's doing now, amongst other things that I'm familiar with in my life from a distance, kind of observing what she's done and knowing her when we were younger, um, is that she's, uh, she's a great leader. And she's put herself in positions of leadership, um, not out of selfish ambition, truly, but really about the desire to serve and to make a difference in the world. And so that, you know, she was just always leading in our, our high school at Ader, Oklahoma, and led her to Oklahoma State University, where she was in, in charge of the marching band. Um, that was a thing. Yeah. And, and then her career led her to the state senate, where she served as a state senator. And worth in uh, work in uh, uh, mental behavioral health settings as well. And now is uh, and I'm not. I'll have to ask you, AJ, what your role is specifically at Paycom. But she's kind of a, a big wig at this amazing company um, that does a, a ton of good for people and is just making a difference. And so the topic today, uh, AJ, as I as I bring you to the conversation, is I want to talk to you about raising strong women. I'm married to a strong woman and I, I'm in these conversations in our therapy practice all the time about like, how do we help our girls in mm-hmm. this world today? And we've got several questions teed up, but I want to start with, thank you for coming here. And what is it that you do these days? And what's your, what's your history? What's, what's some of the stuff that you've done that has brought you to this place? AJ. Well, thanks, Chris. Allison, it's good to be here yeah. with you guys. And, and Chris, when you say we go way back, we, yeah, um, we were kids, little kids. I moved to Ada when I was a sixth grader. Yeah, sixth, sixth grader. So met all through junior high and high school. We've got a lot of shared history from a town that has produced folks that um, have done some really cool things. Rural Oklahoma raises strong people, not just mm-hmm. guys, but I think one of the things is when you're from a small community like that, everybody gets to do everything. So you get to experience a lot of different things. And um, in our town, in particular, the girls were, I mean, goodness, 
there, the attendance at the girls' basketball games was significantly higher than the boys back then. Oh, <laughs> winning yeah. championships and things. And so we kind of how we grew up. Um, I'm the oldest of three girls. Chris, you know, both my sisters too. Um, my dad didn't have any yeah. sons. So we were the farmhands. And we didn't, you know, it wasn't you, the girls do the inside work and the boys do the outside. There weren't any boys. So I think that has a lot to do with shaping how you approach the world. Um, obviously, those of us that understand mental health know that you got to start with your childhood when you're evaluating where you are today. But today, um, I have, have a great opportunity. I'm the director of government community affairs for Paycom. You know what Paycom is? We're a technology company headquartered in Oklahoma City, 6,300 employees strong now. And I, I've been here just a little under five years. And when I started, I think we had right around 2,000. And we're now at 6,300. So rapidly oh, growing. And um, provide a, a software tool that's app-based that lets companies of all sizes manage their HR functions and everything in between. So, But my role is uh, to liaison between the company and elected officials in all 50 states. Mm. Just in Oklahoma. Um, And then I I manage our community relations efforts, too. So all of our chamber of commerce memberships and then oversee our corporate philanthropy program, which is the most fun part of my job. Mm. I actually absolutely love that. Have built out an employee giving program. We have a small grant program where we partner with their clients across the country. And I really, really, really love that part of my job because that's Mm. my heart and souls in the nonprofit world. And this is you get to have one foot in one side and one foot in the other whenever you have that as part of your role at a major company. Oh, another cool. thing that's really neat in this national history, uh, National Women's History Month, um, is we right. are a majority female company. Um, we're 51% of our employees are women, 47% of management is female. When you take wow. that HR space, which is traditionally female, but you throw it in a tech company, uh-huh. create a dynamic um, that tends to be way more comfortable for women, <laughs> way more than, than a traditional technology uh, environment. And so I think that's that's been another real advantage to being here. Um, it's, it's a very female-friendly place to work. I didn't know awesome. that. Uh-huh. That's amazing. Yeah. It's one of the things I like to brag about. <laughs> I'd brag about it all day long if I could. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, I uh, well, let's talk a little bit about looking back on your career in leadership, and we don't, and I don't know. That might be embarrassing for you for us to just to kind of go down a list. Maybe not. I mean, it shouldn't be. But I'm a little curious. Uh, some of the things that you places that you've been involved in uh, regarding leadership and what were some highlights and maybe some big challenges for you over the last couple of decades? Like what's, you know, when you look back and you're like, here's the thing I did that was like, it was great. And I'm so glad I got to be part of it. Kind of like what you just described, what you're doing now, which is great. And then, uh, you know, talking about growing up in a home full of, of, of women and, and, you know, finding your place in the world, like what, what were some challenges professionally for you as you, have progressed through different situations. Man, Chris, you said two decades. It's actually like three. <laughs> if I look at the career, it's more like 30 years. You, wow. you mentioned yeah. so when, when I was in college, um, come out of a small town, go to college, 
a little bit of shock, lots of people, but no, I mean, we grew up with very little diversity and we, you're thrown into a, a more diverse environment, although Oklahoma State's not the most diverse college campus in the world, but just, there's a little bit of that. Um, and, but I stuck with something at my mother's encouragement. Um, you know, you and I wrote the marching band together uh, when we were younger and um, not a great program, really small, not a whole lot of talent there, but had used that as a leadership opportunity and got to college. And I thought, well, I think I can keep this going for a little bit. This way to know people. And um, the real first actual challenge of leadership in my entire life was being the, the drum major, wow. the Oklahoma State University Cowboy Marching Band, which I found out later on, I was the first woman to actually fill that role in the history of the school. Wow. There had been major ets before, which were really more of like a twirler. Mm-hmm. But to be on an even playing field with the guys as a conductor and student leader, I was the, the first time. I didn't think it was that big a deal. It was, you know, had a little bit of musicality. I could conduct, I could march. And, um, but the, that was the first time, you know, I think leadership before had just really been because there wasn't much else. I mean, there weren't that many people. You just, you got to do these things. If you were the kid who, make good grades and showed up on time and that kind of stuff. This one was in order to fill the leadership role, you needed to be the first one there and the last one to leave. You had to put in the most work. You had to know your job and everybody else's job. Mm. You had to be the one who figured out when things were going wrong and, you know, move that up the chain or intervene with somebody. And it doesn't seem like marching band would be a place you would develop at home Um, leadership skills, but I really, really think that's, I learned so much from that experience and also served on a team. There were three of us and we were all three leaders, but very different skill sets and really developed the value of, you know, one of us was uh, just an unbelievable musician. Musicality was very talented. He's actually a, a marching band director at a massive school in texas now he went that direction and right but to to know our different strengths and weaknesses know who was going to be i was the recruiter i was the one that talked to people i was the one the empath of the group that figured out when things were going wrong and noticed that someone was always late and went to him and said what's going on how can we help you be the best member you can be but really if you don't drum major of a marching band is a great place to hone leadership skills because, and you also have to understand that everything you do is an example to others. And um, if you mess up, it's going to be on stage and people are going to see it because you're out front and other people are literally following you, like Mm. physically following you, not just figuratively. (laughs) There's, there's a literal following. And that was kind of like the first big time when I went, oh, wait, this is different than just showing up. Yeah, Leadership is different than just showing up. So then with, with my girls, um, unfortunately, neither of them are musical at all. Like not even close. They did not get any of my, that stuff at all. What um, was your instrument? I played tenor sax. Um, I played alto when you were younger, tenor in, in college, but then I also wound up playing a couple other instruments and other ensembles and played bassoon for a little while, played some bass sex, uh, saxophone for a little bit, but um, 
and it wasn't ever for me though it was I enjoyed the process I, I'm not a great musician I mean I, it was never a possibility it really wasn't about the music it was about the teamwork and the camaraderie mm-hmm. and the everybody marching to the same beat mm-hmm. yeah I mean I marching band is underrated as a place to teach train leaders 100 oh, percent. sounds like uh, it I wonder I want to, I, God, there's so much we could talk about, but I want to lean in there just a bit before we even get going on other stuff. Cause the other stuff like seems really big, but a couple of things you said, I want to dig in and it's this, cause I was there, all right. As a kid. And so when you, one of the things and, and Allison, like I, you're going to identify here in just a second when I tell you, tell you this, like, and I'm, it's not, it hasn't always been that way in our little town, but in most little towns in Oklahoma, like football is the most important thing. And then these other things that people do. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was special about our town was that um, uh, girls athletics, um, anyone can be that, which was great. Uh, and then the people that led those, those areas, like we're just really into excellence and like mm. doing things the right way. And so like they created culture. And I, I didn't know that's what was happening around me as I was watching the girls do their thing. But when we talk about band, okay. So like I'm, you said you talked to your mom because, because this is what was happening. And let's think about our own children. All right. So we were part, and, and I don't, you probably don't remember this at all. Like but I, I didn't even stick it out. Like when I got to about my junior year, I was like, you know, and which is what most people do because it's not cool or there's not a lot of momentum. And part of the not cool of it, at least in our time, was just that everyone, I say everyone, a lot of people believed that, which then mm-hmm. uh, I think led some of the, some of the people that would participate in a, pro- in a project like that to kind of not carry themselves with a lot of pride. Mm. Uh, like it would be kind of like, well, I mean, you know, I do that. I mean, it's okay. Uh, like, but but AJ, like, I'm a little curious because I say that, by the way, like four times every podcast. I'm a little curious because um, I can see you having that conversation with your mom being like, I mean, ah, it's OK. Mm. And there's not a lot of like leadership from the top. Like there were some students, particularly you, that are kind of like, no, this is what we do. And even if like there weren't a whole lot of other people following and I'm like, I like, the, the, like, seems like you, you bridge this gap from like, there's not a lot of momentum. I feel like I'm kind of out here on my own being like, okay, we're, I'm going to do a great job. And then kind of making it to where maybe there was a culture change and you were actually able to bridge that gap and go to a bigger place and still do it where, where people actually gave a crap. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm curious what that was like, like as a teenager for you being like, I don't know. Did you experience that? Uh, yeah. In fact, when I say my mom, she pretty much said, go enroll, go show up. If you don't like it, you can always back out, but you need Mm. to see what it's like. So you, that's one thing too, about you've got to have somebody who pushes you a little bit along the way into a place that may not be comfortable. And you guys, we're all in the same business. We know that you have to get comfortable without, with being uncomfortable in order to grow. Yeah. And it was a little uncomfortable, Chris, and you're exactly right. Um, Because it wasn't cool. And it's really hilarious now when people find out they're all like, you were in marching band and caught, that is so neat. And I go, none of y'all thought it was cool when I was doing it. Right. <laughs> yeah. They really didn't. For sure. You know, even, even the, um, 
we thought it was because there were, you know, there were a couple hundred of us. And um, you get into that environment where nobody else needs to get this. It's okay. Mm. We get it. Yeah. And I do yeah. think that's a, cult that's a culture thing, Chris. That is 100% a culture thing. Um, that internal culture that you can build within any organization where it doesn't matter if the outside world gets it or not. We get it. But, but like what a mark of, le of leadership too, like uh -huh. you, you see what it could be before everyone else has caught on. And so you're going to carry this torch until it becomes, this is just, Hey, it doesn't matter. It takes a lot of grit. It takes a lot of bravery. It takes a lot of courage to do something that the majority around you is like, nah, it's not cool. That's not fun. I don't like it, whatever. And to say, well, you don't have to, but, but we do. Yeah. Hey, Allison Myers, it's the time for the mid-podcast uh, advertisement, and I have a thing that I need to plug. Yeah, plug it. Okay, all right, here, we're going to plug it. Uh, we've got, uh, well, you need, you're supposed to ask me questions about it. So, ask Well, what, questions. I mean, what is it? Like, what are you plugging? <laughs> it's, Tell me. That, do you not know? Good have Lord, you not heard? Why, why are you here? Um, I'm still working on figuring that out. Uh, okay. Um, so... Uh, May 4th, 5th, and 6th, we're doing a what's called Wholehearted Help. It's a retreat for therapists and generally just helpers of any kind that are in the professional world that want to be helping people, particularly in mental health. And it's going to happen. Well, that's that's it. You asked me what it was. That's what it is. Okay. Well, where where is it? And how much does it cost? <laughs> is it so expensive? Good night. Um. So this place is going to be at New Life Ranch, Flint Valley, which is out by Silent Springs, Arkansas. Um, if you're on our team and you work at Chris King Counseling, it doesn't cost you a dang thing. Oh. You just show up, dude. Um, if you are not, If you're not on our team, I, I believe it's like 125 bucks. What you get for that is there's an overnight. There are six hours of CE classes. One class will be the ethics of self-care the other class is a uh, ecotherapy primer, which is one that I teach all the time, and I love it. And uh, and then it's and then we like eat together in Silent Springs in the beautiful downtown Silent Springs. And last year when we went, it was awesome because people just had a chance to do their thing, get together, talk shop, or just talk life, yeah. um, and be and be out there in that gorgeous place. Why why would you not come to this? Well, that's my I question. mean, that's my question. Why wouldn't? You. Yeah. So okay. I know you said it was like for anyone that helps people. I am not an LPC. I'm not licensed, but I do. I work in a church. I work with young mm -hmm. people. I have a lot of conversations with people about their life. Is this for me? It is. But I would say that most people that come are like licensed, licensure kind of people. Yeah. But the, the vision is, I mean, like I, I just, I want people that help people to come out. And then it gives us a chance to connect kind of across disciplines, across companies, across nonprofits. And get to know each other because you need a network of support. I mean, like, good night. That's what you and I were doing back in the youth ministry days. Like we yep. had a network of people that came together. And and as helpers, we can't be isolated. We've got to know who's out there and, and, and who is our friend and ally and who are supporters. So it's really important, like, in this thing, you can come out for just a day and take one class mm -hmm. and hang out, uh, have a meal, um, so some people might just come on Thursday, which is the fourth. Some people might just come on Friday. Thursday is the 
a self-care one and we go into town to eat. And then Friday morning is the ecotherapy one. You can uh, register on Eventbrite, on our link, on our social media stuff. We, you can e email or call the office, info at chriskingcounseling.com. Call us, 918-760-5243, I believe. Like people who are listening in the cars are going to write that down. Question mark. Well, <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds awesome. It really does sound awesome. I am absolutely going to tell my friends. My husband is an LPC and is always and forever needing those continuing ed credits. And so this sounds like a super, um, not just helpful, but also potentially restful way to um, get some credits make some new connections, but also just pause and breathe, which that, I don't know about yeah, that's, you, yeah. but we don't do a lot of that in our life. <laughs> yeah. It's a thing. It's a, so, so we actually scheduled it like, like we'll get this. So like programming is like Thursday during most of the day and then Friday morning. And then we have lunch on Friday. And then if people want to stay and just like do nothing, like shoot hoops, do horse, like play horseshoes, yeah. like have a conversation on the deck with some coffee like that's what the next day is about, and I, I'm sure tons of people won't do that, uh, but a lot of people will, and so we kind of like schedule stuff, and then we have like just space. Space. So, yeah, yeah. So you can reach us. Get uh, like we want you to come and do this, and we want to be supportive to the community around us. So that's what's happening May fourth, fifth, and sixth. Come to our retreat, please. Yep. That's right. And I just, I picture clearly in my mind a halftime of an eight air football game with AJ like leading the charge and, and, and the band kind of sucking. I'm just saying. They weren't <laughs> good. Kind of. Oh, we were and, terrible. But, here, but here's my thing is that I, and I didn't play football because I, I got hurt and I didn't want to do it. And, and I had, and that's the whole thing about being in a small town when I got to high school. But I didn't want to be a part of that either because I was, I think probably just internally, I didn't, I was too scared, which is mm. what it's like to be 16. Right. And I just picture you, you know, like it's all about pride and eyes forward and this is what we do. And when I think of that memory and think of you as a kid, like that's inspiring and that's a flash forward. I mean, like that, that's a kid that can become a state Senator or can, or can choose to not do that mm -hmm. yeah, because that's not what you want to do. Right. That's just awesome. Okay. So, all right. Talk to us about a couple of other things that have been either highlights or, or big challenges for you in the last, over the years. Well, I think, I think there's always challenge if you're looking for the next big thing. And I really think that's probably, I'm 54 now. And now I think my biggest um, leadership lesson is learning to lead myself just with internal issues. Um, you know, when you've led kind of a public life and yeah. things of um, that, that, learning to get gratification from different things and from actual I, right now, what gets me going is creating change. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if anybody knows that I've had anything to do with it or not now. Yeah. Whereas if you, know, if you go back 10 years, 15 years ago, when we were in our thirties and forties, we wanted to be, you know, we wanted everybody to acknowledge everything we did. Mm -hmm. um, you know, running for office was scary as heck. I had no idea what I was doing, mm -hmm. but again, had people that pushed me. Yeah had said in that it was just folks in the community. We were living in Guthrie at the time and some folks that I knew in the community, I had never even considered it. I was at, I had advocated a lot. I'd been at the Capitol. I'd worked on issues that I cared about. I was advocating primarily for mental health issues then. 
Chris, because I was running the, the nonprofit, but um, but I had a couple yeah. of people who came to me and and pushed. And so that's the importance of, of leader is finding those people that you need to give a little shove to every now and then so that they become more and better and do things that make them a little bit afraid. And mm-hmm. I always had had some been fortunate enough that, that I think God has placed people in my life that pushed me at exactly the right time. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. because I was, I was terrified I, because that's one of those, if you fail, you fail publicly and everybody knows you lost and not used to losing. Um, now losing does bother me, but back then I still really, I mean, I was 40 years old. It was still, you're not supposed to lose. We don't lose, we win. But wasn't the winning scary too? Oh yeah. Right, <laughs> like it's the there. whole, like any way you cut it, it's scary. Like you're losing publicly, but then winning publicly puts you like this open target for everyone's opinions, for you, for your family, for whatever, like, like just, I can't, I don't know. The word that just keeps coming is just so brave. And you, you keep referencing, you know, your mom and these people that pushed you, you must've had some awesome champions in your corner because so, so scary. So scary. Yeah. It, um, yeah. Great support system. And my, you know, my family and friends, my husband, everybody, you know, right there with us. Um, I'd say it's not going to be fine. It's been fine. And then when you, when you arrive and serving in office looks different for a lot of different people. For me, I got really lucky Had a, I got a couple of other strong women leaders that I got, that I got to the pleasure of serving with. Um, ironically, uh, there were three of us um, initially in the Republican caucus. One now serves in Congress and mm. the other is a statewide elected official. Wow. So, I mean, so I, you talk about being surrounded by rock stars Mm-hmm. Um, and that made it so much easier because initially there's a lot of, um, imposter syndrome, especially for women. You feel like how in the world did I get here? Although I always tease and say, I didn't felt like I belonged until I got there and in about 15 minutes, I was like, Oh, wait, if these guys can do this job, surely I can do it. Um, <laughs> so there's a little that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you get to understand that, um, you know, this, it, it's just, a, it's another job and it's another role and leadership and it's high profile, but it isn't necessarily nearly any more important or less important than everybody else's jobs. It's just a different role. I mean, I, I think right now in this environment, teaching, you know, second graders is probably way scarier, which is what my sister does all day, every day. So <laughs> I would, I would rather do with stuff I get with them than um, look at 24 kids and the eye and, and know that, you're deter- you're going to determine their future every day. Mm. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> yes, it is. I so let's talk let's talk about our moms a little bit because one of the things you know part of part of my role in uh, in my ther- therapeutic process, like individually, but then even also in the team that I lead, is that there's a certain amount of self disclosure that is based on my own insecurity or my own arrogance, but then there's a certain amount of it that's super helpful. Mm. And one of those areas is when I talk about who I was raised by. Mm. And um, because I had an absent dad, um, but like an overcompensating uh, beauty loving English teaching mom. (laughs) And uh, also one of the things my mom was famous for and 
I'm, I'm hoping that AJ remember things like this is that there were two things that stand out when it comes to my mom. One was that she ran the school newspaper. And so she made it her own job to create ridiculous ads where she would cut pictures of cats and dogs out of <laughs> magazines and then anthropomorphize them into like human comic strips, encouraging the students to buy the upcoming uh, issue of TP Talk. And then she had a, a pair of glasses that had a pig nose that she would just put on whenever all the kids were down reading. And she would just put them on and she would go straight face. By the way, the FQ, Allison, do you remember the FQ? Yeah. The F- oh, yeah, yeah, FQ, yeah. Funny quotient. Now, oh, yeah. The, the, it's, not the, it's not the FU, the FQ. The FQ, the right. funny quotient is basically the, the ability to keep a straight face when it's all going to hell. Oh, yeah. You have a higher funny, funny quotient. And all of our, our family, we have grades that everyone has since forgotten. Um, yeah. and, but she was a beast at that. Like she could, she could do that. And so I remember your mom, when you guys moved to town and, and, uh, brought these three, three girls, you're the new kids. But if I, re- if I remember right, I believe your mom was teaching, I don't know, fourth or fifth grade when she first came in, something like that. Fifth grade. I don't know if that's, I, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Fifth grade. And she carried it. She, she carried herself. Sharon carried herself. Really, truly, I'm just, I'm just, my mind is just like, she carried herself like you carried yourself on the, mar- on the marching field. Like she, she just walked into this little small school. So I, I'm a little curious what it's like to grow up in that house hmm. with these girls and this, this, like what, and then, and what did you, what did you take, take from that? Like, like, well, what are you doing these days in your home in the last 15, 20 years? You're like, yeah, I'm carrying that on. Like I'm doing more of that. That works. Hey, everyone. Hey, this, this is how we do this. So what was that like? And how has it been? Okay. So what's interesting is when you say how my mother carried herself and they just saw me. So, um, I will never forget this day. Um, my oldest was paging at the Capitol and, um, she she was in high school. She would have been a junior in high school at the time. And, um, one of my colleagues came up and he said, that is obviously your daughter. And I said, I go, yeah, she looks, she looks like me. He goes, it has nothing to do with the way she looks. Hmm. It's the way she walks and the way she stands. She goes, do you both have this? Do you both have this? I don't want to have to kick your ass, but I will. But I will. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of the way we, and I never realized that that actually, Chris, until you made the connection, that's my mom is a short woman. She's only five, three. And my dad was six foot four. And, but she carried herself very much like someone who had a purpose and was in charge so I that you just made a full circle connection for me that I had never made before okay look, hmm. I, our podcast is audio right now but if we could do the zoom thing that we're doing right now I, I kind of want to do that because if while you're talking my face I'm going like well I, like like it's it's exciting to me and here's why because if I was to think about your mom I know that you're you're a little taller how tall are you AJ is Five like eight, five six, something like that. Oh yeah, okay. five, eight. Right. I'm five eight. Yeah. So right, okay. So if when you just said that that your mom was five three, which is how tall my mom was, I'm like, no way. I would have thought she was a five six, five eight woman because I, you know, what I remember about your like was her posture. Like she, mm. she's like, and she when she would talk publicly, like she as as a little kid, this I just didn't tell her like I just man, she. 
you know, she, she had dignity mm. when I look back. And, and it seems like that's a thing that you guys have latched onto and maybe have caught more than being taught or being, uh, you know what I mean? That's a thing. That's a thing, right? For sure. Yeah. I, especially with, with women and I was thinking probably, I, I really do think how you see yourself and how you're taught to see yourself just bubbles up mm. and those expectations because then women generally tend to be, especially at young ages, whether it's good or bad, it, we are all very much driven by expectation and what mm-hmm. is expected of us. Mm-hmm. And there was a, there was, I grew up with a certain expectation of yeah. how I would behave, what I would do, what I would accomplish, what I would, and, um, you know, now as a full grown woman, I kind of am revisiting some of that and hoping I don't uh, tag as much onto my kids. Uh, and so uh, they, that their, their experience is purely unconditional, but they both very much carry themselves. They're very, um, with a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and it's, is that when you say poise, I like that because truthfully, especially I've been in lots of male dominated places, um, especially in public office. I mean, Oklahoma ranks near the bottom of all states for elected officials. We're very few of us, um, but I will say, especially Kim David and Stephanie Bice that I served with between the three of us, we did about 80% of the work most days. It felt like not quite 80%, yeah, but no shit. It was a, yeah, uh, yeah all I very, believe it. Very similar to the way that you really had to be do it all in high heels and backwards. And um, I used to think of that as, um, you know, why is it this way? Why is it this way? Now I almost look at it as an advantage. Mm. And I've kind of hope taught my girls. And it is manifesting itself in a next generation of female leader. My oldest, when she was getting ready to graduate from Oklahoma State with her undergrad, um, her story pledge class, there was a list of what they were all about to go do. And there are about 75% of those girls that were either going to graduate school um, or they were continuing their education. And I hmm. like, grabbed a bunch of them and I said, okay, what's up, guys? Because every professional degrees, going to med school, PA school, um, occupational therapy, law school, like my daughter, and there were, I think, four or five of them going to law school. And if you look at grad school enrollment right now, most of our graduate schools are women, dominated, more women than men. Well, they have figured out financially and career-wise to put themselves on an even playing field. They have to come with more credentials. Now, it sucks that that's the way it is, but it's good that they acknowledge it. And I think, you know, when I look at the women I've worked with in leadership roles, we had to be harder working. Mm -hmm. We just had to be better to be in an even playing field. Yeah. Fortunately, a lot of us have made that that work for us. And I think the girl, this next generation are going to make it work for us. But that's, Chris, when you talk about how we grew up, I think my mom instilled in that. She goes, you might have to be better. You might have to work harder, mm. but that's okay because you can handle it. Mm. That's the message we got. Okay. Hey, Maggie, um, that was uh, part one of our conversation about growing up in a home full of strong women, raising strong women with AJ Griffin. Uh, wasn't I mean, her story is pretty amazing, huh? Pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just... I love hearing her talk. <laughs> I don't know if that's <laughs> weird. 
I could listen to her all day. I mean, you and Allison both with her too. I mean, it's just great, great dynamic. And yeah. She's got a lot, to, a lot of valuable things to share. I feel like. Well, I know. And, and, and you and I have a nose for that for one reason, because we have a person uh, like her in our midst every day, mm. Kristen King, who That's is true. a strong woman and she's a leader. And, and so I, I just think the perspective is, it was really great, mm-hmm. but you said this in the, whenever we were putting this thing together, you said, well, a lot, she tells a lot of her story and that's really awesome in part one, but in part two is when she brings some heat. So we yeah. have a part two coming up. Uh, you're going to be releasing it. I believe the day after this one's released. Am I right? Correct. Thank you. I'm asking yes, no questions. Trying to yes. <laughs> you are welcome. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So uh, we'll be back uh, with an, a part two of this uh, interview and pod uh, coming up, being released just a day after this. Uh, we'll we'll uh, see you guys then. Thank you for listening. Um, appreciate everyone that's a part of it. Uh, we will see you next time for part two with AJ Griffin. Thanks, guys.